Celtics hold practice at the TD Garden, and I'll tell you what happened that makes me feel a lot more confident in Game 6. And I'll be talking about that with Abby Chin from NBC Sports Boston right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J-team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry O.B. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rain and Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Thank you for making the show part of your daily routine. I'm here for you. Every day, the Celtics are playing in the NBA Finals. So today is Thursday. It's your Thursday show. Recorded it on Wednesday night. And uh, we'll do post game on uh, Thursday night for you on Friday. And if they win, when they win, I'll be in San Francisco for the rest of the series to give you podcasts through Game 7, so let's all hope that that's the case. This podcast is free. It's available everywhere podcasts exist, and it's on YouTube. Please watch the show on YouTube. We're getting close to 7,000 subscribers. Trying to get to 7,500 if we can by the end of the finals. I'm John Corrales. I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. I've written a book called the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, and I was one of the media voters for the 75th Celtics anniversary team. Today's show is brought to you by Arcade One Up. Locked On is partnering with Arcade One Up to give away three NBA Jam Shack machines. These are the legit big uh, video game boxes. I'm 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 so upset that I can't get one of these. We're giving away three NBA Jam Shack machines. Stay tuned later in the show to find out how to enter. Today I'm bringing in. Abby Chin of NBC Sports Boston. We're getting into our feelings after game five and game six. The Celtics held a practice. We talked to the guys. I was there at practice. Abby was there at practice. And so I would say that our confidence has kind of bumped up some. Let's get into the conversation now with Abby Chin. Long overdue, Abby Chin. Welcome to the Lockdown Celtics podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm a little tired. Uh, uh, these nine o'clock starts are no joke, and flying back and forth across the country is uh, taking its toll. But I am excited to be here. I am an avid listener, John. So yes, long overdue. I'm so happy to be joining you. That's that's so. You actually listen to this podcast? Of course. No Every way. day, this kind of content. <laughs> well, oh, all right, all right, cool. Well, geez, I, I didn't realize you were listening. I, if I had known that, I'd step up my game. Um, uh, yeah, this has been, so let's talk about this for a second. Like th this has just been kind of like a grind for everybody. It just makes you like appreciate what the guys are going through because all we're doing is like writing and talking and these guys have to go out there and play, uh, the highest level basketball in the world, uh, flying back and forth after this is going to be their 105th game wow. on Thursday, 105 games. Uh, that's a lot. It's no wonder that these guys look tired. Yes. Uh, I would say, I mean, first world problems, right? No one here is actually complaining about mm. where we are in our lives. 
Um, and there is that old adage that, you know, they're on charter planes and staying at nice hotels. And I would argue, you know, the toll that it takes on your body, very different. But the beat writers like yourself, you guys are up until, you know, one, two o'clock in the morning, three, four with these nine o'clock starts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you have to fly commercial across the country, back and forth across the country. So many of you guys like either take the red eyes or take the first flight out at six o'clock in the morning on no sleep. So, uh, and, and the food that <laughs> I have, I don't think that I have eaten a vegetable in like eight days. <laughs> and it's a problem. Yeah. So, like, yeah. <laughs> um, the players do, it, it's a different way of life. You know, you get on a plane, you take a bus to the team hotel, they get their treatment, they have room service and, um, well, everything is catered to them to get them to be able to perform optimally at the right time. And so they definitely are eating more vegetables and, I, and, and hopefully <laughs> getting a little more sleep than we are right now. You know, it's funny. So just to let people like a little bit behind the curtain, the NBA for the finals offers a charter, which you have to pay for, but it offers this charter that goes, you know, between the cities. Um, they have a couple of planes that go. And I've been taking that. And one of the planes is you actually. Have? I have. Oh, I what's have. it like? And also, they, everyone got in trouble for not wearing masks, which I thought we, was hilarious. We, yeah, there was, uh, there was an email that went out. Reprimanded. There was an that's email. Been, that's, that's been re remedied. Um, so one of, the, there's a, like a normal plane that they they don't put anybody in the middle seat. So it was just a, a window okay. in an aisle. And that's, that's nice. And they take care of you. They give us plenty of food and all of that stuff. Uh, but again, you're paying for it, but you know, it's all, it's just a bundle in the price. But one of the planes that's the charter is a backup team plane. So yeah. it's a plane suited for NBA players. And the last two planes that I've gotten has been the team plane. Now I, I bring that up first of all, to say it's awesome, but also it's still a plane. Like yeah. Yes. These guys, I, and I want to bring this up mainly to say, like, yes, players get chartered flights. And the seats that they're in are a lot better than the seats then. Like, every seat in the back is, like, first class. And right. then there's seats up front where, like, Taco could sit and stretch out. You know, so there's there's places. And there's also bulkheads with tables, which is where everybody plays cards. Right. So they have they have a place they have all of that stuff creature comforts it's a it's it's a great plane that you know it's it's uh, would rival everything below private plane but it's still a plane and you still so, have to be on it for six hours going yep. west and five forty five coming back east yeah and like anybody who's uh, taller than six three and that involves a lot of ba NBA basketball players. You have to crouch to get up and walk around. You can't stand up. Um, the bathrooms Ooh, are still I the bathroom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's not a problem I have. So <laughs> it's a problem that I do. And I'm like the approximate height of like Marcus Smart. Like, so the bathrooms are still airplane bathrooms. It's not like it's a big luxury bathroom. So yeah. like they're, they're, it's still, it's flying. That's better, but it's still flying. And, you know, that I, I again, you, I bring that up to say it does take a toll on guys. Yeah. So I would say it's, it's equal for both teams. You know, it's not like one team had to take a flight 
I guess the Celtics did have to fly west to meet for that first um, set of games, but they had plenty of time and there was some more rest after that game seven against Miami. I do get to fly with the team typically during the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually fly home with them. Uh, and so, yes, I can agree with all of your saying and your descriptions of the plane. I will tell you, it does take a level of stress off to not have to think about anything. Like you don't have to go through security. Oh, yeah. You don't have to, there is security, but you just have to show your driver's license. Um, I, Earlier in the series, also the first couple of games, booked the wrong flight home. I booked a red eye for June 12th instead of June 5th. And so just the the added level of stress of like having to get yourself to the airport. Like I said, you go from the arena to a bus to the airport to a bus and then you either drive yourself home or whatever it is. But um, you don't have to think during any of that. So that that's something. But no, okay. So if you want to talk fatigue, though, um, the Warriors were asked about that. And and they said at, at this point, it's not something that, at least Draymond today, it, it's not something that you acknowledge. I don't acknowledge that. And I refuse to allow that to be something that affects me or impacts the way I'm going to play. And so I think, obviously, that is easier said than done. And I know how many minutes Jason Tatum has put on his body, not only this season, but also over the last few years where we basically scrunched four seasons of basketball in two, three years. But this is the finals. If you're 24 years old, if if ever there is a time that you can block all of that out, I would think, I would hope that this is the time. That's, that's going to be the key, right? Like it, everybody's tired. I think, I think there's something to be said for Tatum short turnarounds. Like you mentioned all this stuff. I mentioned all this stuff on yesterday's podcast. Like, I think this, I think there's a legitimate, like when the Celtics bench is not giving them anything and maybe it's not necessarily a carryover from game to game, but I, I, I kind of liken it to like a video game when you go to each level and your health meter doesn't go all the way back up. Mm-hmm. Like you start with plenty of energy, but it goes away faster. And if the bench can't give them anything, yeah. then that's where you run into, I think, game five problems, where in the fourth quarter, Jason Tatum's airballing like everything, uh, which we never see before. And then th- that just happens. It, it is what it is, which brings me to a question. Back with more from Abby in just a minute. First, let's talk about Built Bars. You know our friends at Built are always coming up with amazing new flavors. This time, Built has truly outdone themselves with the new Mud Pie flavor. And for the first time ever, Built is introducing the new Mud Pie flavor in both Mud Pie Bar and Mud Pie Puff. Not sure what Mud Pie tastes like? Well, if you're a chocolate fan, you better sit down for this. New Mud Pie Bar is rich whipped cream and chocolate mousse smothered in 100% real chocolate, topped with cookies and cream crumble. What? Uh, You got to try this stuff. If you're not convinced that this is uh, great, and if you go to built.com and you're like, oh, no, I don't know. Uh, Let me tell you, this is actually good for you. The mud pie is low calorie, low high high protein, low sugar, uh, packed with 16 grams of protein, only 150 calories and 8 grams of sugar. It's like your mom baked the most deliciously creamy chocolate mud pie and wrapped it up just for you. They're covered in 100% chocolate, they're healthy, and they're tasty, and they're made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently, so you get tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. 
you're going to love the new chocolate mud pie, built bar, built puff, whether you need a snack for your workout, uh, late night treat, or you just grab a quick bite. Built is the perfect protein bar. They taste better than a candy bar. Go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. It works every single time. You'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Hey, thank you for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. And I want to uh, ask you a favor about uh, why you make the Celtic Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcasts.com slash survey right now to get started. It doesn't take long, and everyone that completes the survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take the audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcasts.com slash survey. Thank you for your help. And now let's continue the conversation with Abby Chin of NBC Sports Boston. Do we think this is going to be the weird game where desperation and the if the Celtics are if they start anywhere near the same way they started before, does Ime say, you know what, Aaron Neesmith, you got five minutes, buddy. Get in there. We need to rest these guys. Go go crazy. Go have four fouls. Do whatever. You get four minutes, five minutes. You won't play after that, but go to it. Are we gonna get are we gonna get game six weirdness? My inclination, my first instinct is to say no. We have not seen Ime Udoka do that ever. That would be truly weird for him. I mean, go back to the beginning of the season when he continued to play Dennis Schroeder. And 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 I, it's not for a lack of willing to make adjustments. I think that when it comes to this point at this stage of the season, you know who you trust. And there's a reason why those are the guys who you trust. So I agree with you. It is up to the role players in Grant Williams and Peyton Pritchard and um, Derek White to step up and fill those roles like we are seeing the Warriors players do. And that's what I think has been one of the most disappointing parts of these finals is that, John, we saw them do that throughout the season. We saw them do that in game one of this series. We know that they're capable. That was one of the most fun things about the series leading up to this is that it was a different guy every night. Al Horford had a huge game in Milwaukee. And then Grant Williams hit, what, seven, nine threes, whatever it was. And um, Derek White raised his level of physicality for the rest of that Milwaukee Bucks series. And so you know that these guys are capable of it, including – Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown going to another level. And I feel like since game one, we've just been waiting to see that. So I am hopeful that at least some of the forces combine here in game six. You know, that, I think that's fair. I, I don't, there, there's the part of me that says every, every NBA finals has like the one little twist. There's always like one thing where one team says, I got nothing. So here we go. We're going to, we're going to cross our fingers and, you know, throw, throw Neesmith out there. I, I mean, Neesmith is the the guy that it's kind of like the, Hey, let's get weird with it. Um, I, I don't know. I Not don't a know. Sam Hauser launching threes or something. Sam, I don't think like if I'm asked, like, I would love to see Sam Hauser with the, you know, softest three pointer I've ever seen taken. Uh, 
I, but honestly, if it's going to be a weird guy, I think it, it would be Neesmith. And it's, it's because he attacks the basket, actually, and defends. And he may be like a complete lunatic on the floor still, but it's that energy. If, if the Celtics are looking lethargic, this is the why not? Why not throw, even if it's two minutes of Neesmith, and say Neesmith is going completely nuts. He's, he's going from, you know, baseline to baseline knocking people over, whatever, you know, craziness he normally does, at least maybe that, like, injects something into the guys that are on the floor. If they don't seem to have it, they have to keep up with that energy. Maybe that's just a spark or something. I mean, it is is all based on a fatigue and lack of energy argument. Because I feel like, to me, Ime is a, I'm going down with my guys and we're – yeah. This is this is who I'm riding with. This is who brought me here, and this is who I'm riding with. But um, and 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 John, to me, the Warriors are so smart. I mean, that's that's how what makes that's part of what makes them great. So if you throw Aaron Neesmith out there, they're going to find a way to attack. Yeah, and uh, and take advantage of that. So I don't know. I I, I find it I found it interesting that the Warriors taking Kayvon Looney out of the starting lineup and got off to a terrible start, but still haven't lost since they made that lineup change. Mm-hmm. And it's to get favorable matchups right off of the bench. And I think that, and we saw, you may do a little bit of that in, was it game one or two where he pulled Rob out after just three minutes and yeah. then wanted to get him going against the bench. So I, I think there will be a little more of that. I, I will be surprised if we mm. see long minutes of Aaron Neesmith or Sam Hauser or someone else not in a garbage time situation. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess the only reason and I'm not even advocating for it. I'm not saying, I mean, what I'm advocating for is, you know, if, if you're down 14 in the first quarter and you're like, Oh God, here we go. If it's the same type of thing as, as the yeah. previous game, you say, all right, well, let's, we've got nothing left. We've got nothing left to lose. But I think you're hundred percent right. That Ime is the, we're not going out doing stupid things we're right. going out doing what we do and we're going to go out doing what we do best i will say i don't know how you felt at, at practice um earlier on wednesday but i kind of was much more encouraged i got I, i'm getting a little bit of crap on on the youtube comments for people who are like oh john you just seems like you're giving up on the team and it's like i'm like well you know i see what i see and i i see a team down three two and a team that faded uh, in that last game. And I'm like, I I wonder, I wonder if they're running on fumes. But we were both there. I was digging the music they were playing, the old school music. Uh, I asked Ime if if the cameo uh, candy was his. He said, I didn't tell him to play it, but that is my choice on that playlist. That is one of my songs, um, which makes total sense. But Marcus Smart was out there dancing. I love it when the team looks loose. I love it. And some people may not. I love it when the team, in this situation especially, is loose, feeling good. I saw laughing. I saw smiles on faces. Nobody's too tense. I come away from that practice thinking, like, my confidence level was boosted. I'm like, you know what? I do feel like, I don't know if they're going to win, but I feel like they're they're in a good headspace heading into this game. I talked to Al Horford one-on-one and that you can see that on Celtics pregame live on NBC Sports Boston on Thursday. But 
he it was the same thing, John. He was smiling. He was in a great mood. He just talked about how much confidence he has in this group and, and just had no shred of concern or a, a, a look of feeling pressure in that moment. And so that was very uplifting. And, and everything that we heard the Celtics say from Jalen Brown, like, we are not afraid. And Jason Tatum, that if you need something more to get up, then that's on you for this game. I just... I ride the roller coaster because Forsberg and I talk about this all the time. And it, it, <laughs> for better or for worse, I ride the roller coaster. And so after game five in the Milwaukee series, and when we were in Milwaukee that whole day, I just walked around with like, I felt like I was going to throw up. I was sure they were going to lose that game. I was like, there is no way the season is over tonight. What a depressing plane ride home it's going to be. <laughs> and then they came out and they were phenomenal. Mm -hmm. So I, the point of the story is I do not trust my instincts at all. I have no <laughs> idea what to expect with this team. Um, I went into game four expecting a loss, but hopeful because of all the lobsters. And then that just got smashed. And, oh, and I was still hopeful out of that one. And so, yeah, now I feel like my spirit has been crushed a little bit. But, you know, with this team, they have proven us wrong, proven everyone wrong, and, and and especially when their backs are against the wall. So I am not going to doubt them until proven wrong, but I just, uh, it's, it's, it's emotionally, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I feel that. I feel that. Um, my, my feeling has been like, look, this is the Warriors and granted they're not the same old Warriors teams, but that stuff you mentioned before about Draymond, it tracks with that's the team with experience. Yeah. He he's saying he's the one that says like, yeah, no, I'm not going to let myself get tired. I mean, it's easy to say that, you know, you also haven't played nearly as much as many minutes as everybody. And the Warriors didn't go seven in the previous two series. So yeah, you get to say that as well, but that's also the team with the experience to understand. I know what's coming. I know what this is, what this feeling is like. I know how to get myself past it. I, you know, that, that yeah. type of stuff is what Boston is learning back to wrap up the show with Abby in just a minute. First huge news. NBA jam is back. I love NBA jam arcade one up the leader in home retro arcade games is not only bringing back the best game ever. They've made it bigger than ever with a shack edition machine. I want this thing it's full-sized and i am i love nba jam i have spent a ton of money in my lifetime on nba jam people are obsessed with it and i'm thrilled to tell you that you can once again play hoops with nba legends in this arcade classic you know how it goes with this jump clear across the court set the ball on fire it's one of the first sports games to ever feature real and digitized NBA licensed teams. There's no files, no free throws, no quarters required. You can compete with friends and family through all new Wi-Fi leaderboards, making you more connected than ever. Pre-order now from Arcade One Up. That's Arcade the number one up.com for an estimated early September ship date. Arcade One Up is the place for fun. They've got even more classics like Golden Tee, Mortal Kombat, and many others starting at just $399. Uh, I might have to build my own arcade in my man cave uh, with this. 
Check it out. They are giving away NBA Jam Shack Edition to a Locked On listener to enter for a chance to win a game console for your man cave at arcade1up.com slash locked on. That's arcade, the number one, up.com slash locked on. You've got until July 8th to enter to win NBA Jam Shack Edition console. Don't miss out. Enter today. Who are you going to play with? The, the real question for the Celtics to me, Ab, is do they learn it and apply the lesson on Thursday night? Or do they learn it and apply the lesson like Ime's last failed championship when he was an assistant with the Spurs and they turn around in the next year and, you know, after, after the Ray Allen shot, yeah. they learn the lesson, they turn around and they come back and they just rampage their way through the league and win that championship the next year. I mean, I'm sure the Celtics would like it to be both, you know, let's, yeah. let, why not win a championship now and next year? But I, I, I do think there are lessons to be learned and I think it just boils down to can the Celtics apply those lessons now? No question there are lessons to be learned. This run has been incredible for this group to think of the things that Jalen and Jason have experienced. And and that's something that Brad Stevens always used to talk about. They're so young, but they have both experienced so much in their careers already. I remember um, the bubble season before they played the Warriors. I asked Steph Curry if he saw some resemblance between he and Clay Thompson and the way they came into the league together and, and growing that group. And he said, yes, I definitely see some similarities, but they experienced so much success so early. Me and Clay started from nothing and to build up that team. And, and so we forget that these guys have been there. They have, you know, Jason has been on the floor in a game seven where LeBron James just absolutely took over. So he knows what that feels like to lose in that kind of moment inside TD Garden. These guys have experiences too. But like you said, just listening to the Warriors, listening to the way they talk about things. Draymond mentioned that this is the 10-year anniversary of their first championship season, which is crazy yeah, to think yeah. that they have been this, this good for that long. And the amount of experiences that they have had in there and had to deal with and, and to understand also the moment with which they're in and the opportunity that lays in front of them. Um, there was this feeling in that Buck series of the championship DNA with with the Warriors, it just feels like it's so much more ingrained in their personality. And, and, and that feels like a much bigger hill to overcome. Yeah. I think you see it. You see it when these guys are, are down on the floor, those two, those two three pointers that Clay Thompson hit in the third quarter were mm -hmm. so huge. Um, I've mentioned those a couple of times. That's, that's the experience right there. That's somebody who's struggling just saying, you know what, we need a basket here, and, and just finding a way, just hitting it. Um, that's that's where the experience comes in. But look, the Celtics team has defied so many of our expectations already. And like you said before, every time we think, oh man, all right, that's it, they find something else. And I'm wondering if game five can be 
their playoff version of the loss to the Knicks. I brought this up in yesterday's podcast. Yeah. I'll throw it out to you. Do you think that that loss on uh, in game five in any way can be like that loss to the Knicks where the Celtics say, you know what? We're, we're done. We're done with this hero ball. We're done with this isolation. We're done with all of the stuff that we've been doing. Arguing with the refs. Yep. We're done. We're done with all of that. The, the thing they told us back in January is we bought in. Now, it seems like there's been a little slippage from the buy-in. Now, do they say we bought in again and move the ball, move themselves, stop with the crying to the refs, stop with the turnovers. We saw Jason Tatum um, with the ball with him all day long. Every picture of him uh, at, after yeah. practice, during practice, he's got, he's got the ball in his hand. Like that, that's like the old thing that, that I used to do in high school. You just carry the ball around with you and dribble and all that stuff. Like getting back to the basics. Could this be with all this doom and gloom? And I admit that I'm caught up in it too. Could this be the point where they say, you know what? We're going to throw all this mess away. We're getting back to the basics. We're getting back to the buy-in. I think the support for that argument is that these last two games have felt as bad, it has felt like a flashback to earlier in the season where all of those bad habits that Ime Udoka said he was going to come in here and he was trying to change and just talking about how hard that was to change because it's ingrained in, in who you are. And so it has felt like that. And I think that's what's been the most frustrating part of these last couple of games is because we all thought that they had broken out of that, that this was a different group. They understood what was required. And, and, and particularly the the focus, they it, it felt like to me they had figured out the focus that you needed in every game to win. And so now at this stage, at this level, you should be even more dialed in, more focused and, and come out and not have a start like they did in game five. That should never happen. And so to me, it does feel like it almost feels that bad, which is, I mean, you know, Nothing is actually that bad because it no. was very, very dark back then. But but it does it brings you back to that time. So hopefully, yes, John, they all can come together. And they they have said to a man, Marcus Smart, you know those difficulties, that adversity that they faced back then. It is it is what brought them together. They have very honest conversations with with each other, holding each other accountable. It's what got them to this point and where they are because they are in the NBA Finals, Game Six of the NBA Finals, mm -hmm. and I, we cannot shortchange that. But they do have an opportunity here, and you just don't want to see that slip away. It's just that in that turnaround, John, they were not playing the Golden State Warriors and this dynasty led by a two-time MVP in Steph Curry who just refuses to go down. And so I think that there are lessons to be learned. And, 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 and the fact remains that if they play the best games of their lives, they still could lose in game six. Mm -hmm. And that's the reality. Hey, you know what? I can accept that. Right. I can accept. Look, you go out there and you play great. And the Warriors just go out there and play better. I can accept that. I can say, hey, you know what? Yeah, the, the Celtics, you know, maybe gave a couple of games away. Um, Warriors can say that too. Look, it's it's 3-2. The Warriors have won one more game. So if if both teams come out and play great and the Warriors just take it, 
then that's what a champion does. I've I've never I've never gotten upset about a team playing great and losing. Um, it's very I, I try to be very like uh, Brad Stevens, the Kaizen, the process over results. I, I would rather see a team play great and lose like that because you know that if you keep playing that great, you're going to win more often than you than you lose. I'd rather see that than see a team play like crap and win. You're like, you know, you keep playing like that, you're gonna you're gonna go on a losing streak. So I, I I'd rather than I, I'd rather than play like crap tomorrow and still win. So done. At this point, I'll take the win <laughs> however it comes. At this point, I'll take the win however it comes. However, uh, but in general, yes. I, in general, yes. Your premise, yes. Um, but if the Warriors come out and it's Steph goes for forty and Clay goes for forty and. You just you're just getting bombarded, and they they take it. So be it. Uh, it was their time, and that's uh, you just have to deal with that. But I think I think the one thing that I want to end our conversation on is the negativity that seems to have sprouted up, and I've seen a lot of reporters kind of bring it up. I don't know if you've seen it. It feels like it feels like the frustration of the 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 losses, the bad losses where it's like, my God, the Celtics could, could be champions right now. And they're not has really taken some people to be like, I think over the top. Have you seen that frustration out there? I mean, yes. In, in the Twitter verse and on Instagram comments and things, which I try not to read too much into. Um, and that is something John, that I feel like is very different that I have realized this season. So last year when I was in studio and you're not around these guys every day, you don't like today, how you said we, we went to practice, you talk to these guys and, and they're, they're not feeling that sort of, you know, unbearable pressure. Mm -hmm. They're in good moods. They're in good spirits. And when I was in studio, you don't get those, interactions and so you do you just feed off of all of everything that's going on on social media and all and talk radio and it is just like yes what is wrong with these guys what is happening they're so talented why are they just throwing this opportunity away but in reality i mean jason tatum tells us all the time it is hard to win in the nba yeah. it is hard yeah. To get to the rack in the NBA. Yes, he would like to take it to the rack and, and lay it in every single time untouched. Of course, he would love to do that. And it's just hard. It's hard to win a championship in the NBA. So I agree with you. I did hear yesterday you talking about that because we're so in the moment and we're we're living day to day. And, and it does feel like those last two losses were games that were lost because of things the Celtics could control. But like you said, the fact remains, it is, it's game six of the NBA finals. Think about how much joy this team has brought us this season. Mm -hmm. And, and the moments, I mean, Jason Tatum hitting the buzzer beater, the game winner of game one. I know. Think game about how TD Garden. I mean, I had forgotten that it feels like years ago, but that was the first time that had ever happened in Boston Celtics history. Marcus Smart, one defensive player of the year. He's the first guard to win it in 20 some odd years. And it, it just, it seems like forever ago. And and so I know we lose sight of that in this instant, this, I don't know, this world that we're in and I am guilty of it as much as anyone. Um, but I came into this season, like trying not to take things for granted and, and trying to live in the moment and, I guess it's all coming full circle with our conversation because it's so hard when you are exhausted after flying on a plane and, <laughs> and everybody's so angry around you. But I, I do feel like we need to 
take a step back and just look around and understand that this group who led by two very young stars who are only going to get better are, are you know, 24 and 25 years old. People, guys in the NBA typically reach their prime at 28, 29. You know, this very well could just be the beginning of something. And especially now with Brad Stevens at the helm, you see what he's done so far. And Ime Udoka clearly, clearly up for the challenge. He has outdueled Hall of Fame coaches along the way. So I think there is so much reason for optimism and to try to take joy from this season. But yes, it will be so sad if they lose in game six. I know. I know. Well, this is, I mean, this is it. This is the last game at the garden, no matter what. Right. Win, lose. It's I hadn't the thought last. about that until someone said that today, that this was, that was the last flight that they will have to take to Boston for a road game. And, and that, that shook yeah. me. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of wild. It's kind of wild that we're in, in mid June and we're still talking about games. That hasn't happened in a while. Um, but look, I, no, I went back and looked at pictures from a year ago and I had already taken my kids to the beach twice. We'd been to Disney <laughs> world at this point. Like, yeah, I was, I'd pick strawberries, cherries. I was just living life. And yeah. <laughs> now. <laughs> now we're still working, which is great. Yeah, Very different. Uh, I, it, how different would life have been if, if Tatum didn't hit that layup or if Marcus didn't make that pass in game one of, the playoffs game That's right. one. I mean, and that was what was so wonderful about it, right? All five guys touched the ball. That was the moment it truly felt like all of the bad habits that they had acquired over all those years were just gone. And this was the new Celtics. This is who they are now. Yeah. Um, get back to that. Yeah. But I mean, what an amazing moment. That was incredible. I will never forget that feeling of being inside that building when that happened. That was awesome. Uh, and look, I, I think part of my part of my whole thing and why it, it does sound like I'm like, people are like saying, oh, John, you sound defeated. Like you've never seen, heard you sound defeated before. I'm like, it's, it's not that I sound defeated. I, I feel like it's important to give these guys this moment now where people are question, you know, question their heart. People question their motivate. All this, like, I want to make sure that before they go out and win two in a row, and people afterwards go, "Oh, what heart? What? What am I? Like, I don't want that to just be because they won. I want to. I want to do it now, where they're on the brink, because it's still true. If they win two more and and, and become champions. That doesn't mean they suddenly found heart. They still have it. What they what they did is found ways to win, and and they it, that heart is on display, I guess. But I just want to make sure that these guys get fully appreciated now, and and kind of just center the conversation. The one thing I'm I'm this I'm is glad Boston, I'm, John. You know that. No, I know, right? I know, I know. But these champions, okay. I know, but this is also locked on Celtics, and I try to keep things. In the, you know, a little, a little more centered on this, on this podcast. Um, I, I, I'll finish with this. I'm glad to hear, you know, Marcus Smart say that you know this is a, a blessed day, and you know we're we're able to do. We still get to go out and do what we love to do. And Jalen Brown saying, "Yeah, it's so much pressure, but there's a lot of joy in the game as well." I'm looking forward to having fun. I think I really do believe that these guys 
are in the right frame of mind. I think something about that loss afterwards, Ime came out and he was just, it didn't seem like he was himself. I don't know if you got that vibe. I just didn't seem like he was himself. He seemed much more frustrated than normal coming out to talk to us. I feel like somewhere between then and now there's been a, um, almost like a calming, like, Hey, look, this is, we know this is going to end one way or the other. This series is going to end. Our season is going to end in one or two games. Let's just go out. Let's just go out doing what we do. Let's just go out for each other. And if we go down, we're going down like band of brothers style. We're going out like with each other and we're not, we're not going to let them, you know, we're, we're not, we're not going to, you know, kind of bumble our way out. You're going to have, you're going to have to kill us. You're going to have to take it. You're gonna, yeah. Everything that you just said, everything that we've talked about, it feels like it's all about perspective. And so our perspective is so narrow in going from game to game, but if you can widen it and, and just look at, like you said, these are, this, these are blessed times. I've never covered an NBA finals. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here and it's, but I do feel like, you know, since the pandemic and, and I really tried to look at things differently and not get so bogged down by the day to day and ever and, and get so upset by the little things that would that used to drive me crazy um, about going to practices and not getting let in in time or, you know, not getting that one interview that I really thought I was going to get that day and, and trying to not get so upset about those kind of things. And I feel like we have lost that perspective because we're there. And, and, and I feel like we all see it in society, too. Like everyone's going back to work. You have to go back into the office and everyone has lost that you can do things from home. Everyone can be productive in their own way. And you just have to look at it with a different perspective. And mm -hmm. so, yes, I'm going to keep a positive wide perspective is what I'm trying to do right now. It is hard, but yes, in that this is something, this was time that was not given the Celtics. This was unexpected. Mm -hmm. We've experienced so much joy throughout this journey and so much excitement and met some great people along the way. Got to eat lobster at TD Garden. I also have That's never done that. that so, incredible. you know, yeah, it's, it's all about perspective and I am keeping a positive one. Perspective is my favorite thing. It's 100% my favorite thing. Um, I get philosophical in those ways, you know trying to keep proper perspective and it's tough in sports. It's so hard to do in sports, especially when you're down to this moment. Well, we'll see. My perspective is should have had you on sooner. Got to have you on again uh, in the very near future. Hopefully, hopefully from a championship parade. Say, no matter what happens, John, you and I will both have a lot more time. <laughs> That's true. That is true. That is true. Uh, Abby, thank you so much for, thank you for having me. Awesome conversation with Abby. She's awesome. Everybody loves Abby. Like everybody loves Abby is she's awesome. She's so my fault for not having her on sooner. That's absolutely my fault. I will make sure I don't make the, that mistake again. I'll have her on again very, very soon. So, um, you can bet on that, uh, follow her on Twitter at TV, Abby. She's awesome. Uh, I will be back after game six. Hopefully after a Celtics win, right before I get on a flight back out to San Francisco for what could be the Celtics 18th championship. However this goes, however it goes, I will be here for you after game six with a breakdown 
and hopefully a celebration. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcast. You can also watch the show on YouTube again, trying to get up past that 7,000 subscriber mark up to 7,500 by the end of the finals. Hopefully you can help me do that. If you are a subscriber and you do love the show, then first of all, thank you. And second of all, please share the podcast. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everybody that they should be listening to and watching the Locked On Celtics podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network.